Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dork down for a while Hey, it's Jackie Cation. Welcome to the Dork Forest. You know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com. You're probably already there. Let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song with his wife, Sarah, that you just heard. He's going to sing his version of the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio, and Vilmos works on JackieCation.com the website. There are many ways to support the show. The Amazon link is one. You can use an Amazon link from JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com to go to Amazon. You order like normal and it supports the show. There is a straight up donation button, PayPal or Venmo to this uh, email address that is mine, Jackie at JackieCation.com, where you can just donate to the show if you like the show a lot. I think PayPal has figured out a way to do a monthly. If you want to go monthly, please do. Other ways to support the show if you want to is you can buy merch. There's Dork Forest t-shirts and all the shirts are union made here in America. So they run a little big. Union Bayside. So if you want to look up their size chart. And then the other merch is my stand-up merch. On JackieCation.com, you can watch me do stand-up. You can look at my schedule and the stand-up merch, a couple of different t-shirts, couple of different enamel pins, and all my CDs and my DVD. If you want to live stream my DVD, it's over there at ComedyFilmNerds.com. They have a live streaming capability, or you can get a hard copy of the DVD on my website. Oh, there are premium episodes at Bandcamp. TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com has probably 10 episodes that were done live. They cost me a couple of bucks to make, so I charge you a couple of bucks. If you've run out of regular episodes, go over to TheDorkForest.Bandcamp.com and get some more. Other than that, I say this. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in my living room with Brian Jacobowitz. Oh, thank you, Jackie. It's so nice to be here. There you go. We're doing it. We're uh, we are uh, we know each other from stand-up comedy. Yes, uh, and it's at Brian Jacobowitz uh, on all the things, right? All Instagram, the things. Twitter, probably. Is there a Brian Jacobowitz uh, dot com? There is not a website currently, but mm-hmm. I do the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all of it. All the things. Yeah. And then um, and then you are also, you work at a game store. I do. That's your day job, which uh, means that you and Andy Ashcraft have so much to talk about. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Uh, and me. And, yeah. And I like a game, but yeah. uh, nobody likes, uh, it, of, the, of the two of us. I'm yeah. more, yeah. Yeah. I believe Andy and I were actually talking. You're like, guys, we got a podcast. Today. Yeah, you we're going to knock this out. I got yeah. another one about dictators right after you. Oh, perfect. So, uh, but we're talking about a fictional dictator and, yes. and uh, creepy Cthulhu. Yes. The- you wanted to dork out. I, I've done a couple. Mm-hmm. I still don't get it. Yeah. Let's get into it. What the fuck? So it's that guy. So, so Cthulhu Mythos comes from H.P. Lovecraft, a uh, writer from 19, early 1900s, 1910s, 1920s. And the thing that's interesting about him so, – so I guess I should first go over the fact that like with Cthulhu Mythos yeah. is from the namesake of his story, The Call of Cthulhu. Okay. And it was I, a short story called The Call of Cthulhu. Correct, yeah. I have tried to read it. Mm-hmm. It has not worked out for me. No, it, and it usually doesn't. It's uh, very slow. He's a very slow writer yeah. because back in those times, they actually paid authors by the page. Oh, or so, the word. Or the word. So the more that they dr- so like draw it out. right, and go forth. Right. So he's a very wordy, very like uh, – honestly, I'm um, I'm not really much of a – a reader from the page. I do a lot of audio. Yeah. So I recommend if you want to do any of the Lovecraft uh, oh, to stories listen to, the... to listen to them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Especially because it's really easy to tune out and then come back and be like, oh, okay, well, nothing important happened. <laughs> you know? He was still describing uh, that couch. Right. Exactly. So, uh... yeah, yeah. So Call of Cthulhu is kind of one of the main stories. And I think it's probably one of the more popular ones because Cthulhu is one of the few gods from his stories that's actually described they don't actually give details so that's why i think cthulhu is the most popular because the basically what happens in the story is they kind of uh 
this guy gets found on this um, ship. The ship like comes spoiler back. Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Spo- Let's do it. Spoiler alert on the 90-year-old uh, <laughs> short stories. Exactly. Um, you know, some, some guy is, is yeah. upset somewhere. <laughs> no, no. Everyone's uh, – everyone, oh, yeah. mostly everybody else knows what this is. Exactly. And and like I said, it's, it's – um, Wait. What, so he so he gets shipwrecked. He gets he get he they they he comes like the ship comes back to. It's usually like New England is usually okay. like kind of the setting. Um, the ship comes back and uh, the people find this guy and this guy is like insane. Right. Right? Insanity a big theme in the Cthulhu mythos. Right. Right. So they find this guy. This guy is like holding onto this like little statuette. He's insane. The statues of this little like squid faced monster. Okay. Which also goes to the whole like you actually get a little description of what Cthulhu looks like. Right. So they find this guy and they find his journal and and I'm also glossing over all the boring details and stuff. Please that, do, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no reason to go into detail, right, about, about what the whaling ship looked like in Moby Dick, right? Absolutely. Anyway, yeah, people are listening, going like, I can't wait for the dictators. Um, <laughs> oh, but no. uh, but uh, yeah, so so they find this, and and so these. This one guy in particular just is kind of interested. He's like, I found this journal. I want to go see what this guy sees. So he goes back on the ship and finds the island. And then, like, Cthulhu emerges. And, of course, this guy's like a skyscraper, like, god-like oh. creature. That cha- and, and that's kind of the whole story. Uh, but if you're paying by the word, right. what I just described, I would have gotten, you know, like a few bucks. And right, exactly. That, but nobody can, you know, live off of that. Right. You would have been shoveling sand on the side. Exactly. Uh, and But H.P. Lovecraft uh, right. had racism to espouse. A- absolutely. So, uh, but, right, he, right. <laughs> but so he makes uh, Cthulhu, yeah. uh, the squid uh, monster. Right. And then the call of Cthulhu, he's been called. Uh, he's not been called for any good reason and, uh, and he makes everybody crazy and he, uh, murders things. Right. Okay. And, and one thing that's also really interesting about Cthulhu, because Cthulhu is one of those creatures where like everybody kind of knows what he is, yeah, but, or, or they know about him. But the thing is, is that in the Cthulhu mythos, the creatures are actually aliens. So, like, some people are like, oh, are they demons? Are they just monsters? The the creatures in the Cthulhu mythos are actually aliens. There's, like, Wait, this Wait, whole... his pantheon? The yeah. uh, the pantheon that H.P. Lovecraft made, were, they were aliens? Yeah, th- that's, that's like, the common theme of, of his whole, of the whole mythos. He thinks that there are aliens that have come to Earth, and they're all kind of crazy looking. And, right. And they're, and they... Become giant and murder. Right. Okay. Now, I did not know that. Yeah. I only thought that they were monsters. I assume that they come from the ocean. Right. Uh, <laughs> right, right, Because that's the thing about the the monsters in the Cthulhu mythos is that a lot of times it's like, well, what, what are they supposed to be? What yeah. are their origins? Especially because there's a lot of like cult activity. So sometimes, and especially later on, there are certain authors who kind of add it almost is like a religion where they worship so sometimes you think like well are they demons you know are they right. you know you get that there's the necronomicon right the necronomicon was that in the call of cthulhu it is actually create it's not in call of cthulhu but the necronomicon is created by hp lovecraft as there, well there is a short story called the necronomicon that okay. that he wrote and the necronomicon is something is like an easter egg that you get in a lot of the stories okay it's and like he, oh there's the necronomicon and then uh, the people who have read it are like oh look it's kind of like uh you know like when you watch the comic book movies and you're like oh they mentioned that person i know who right, they are because right. i read comics right but that is a deep dive <coughs> into yes. into whatever but so so the necronomicon is a different short story correct the call of cthulhu one short story the necronomicon in the same universe well with the and, same pantheon of gods well and that's it it, it base it is but it was something that actually wasn't designed by hp lovecraft or, or wasn't his intention to create this whole world. Cause, okay. Because for him, when he wrote all the stories, it was kind of like he wrote the stories and these different things he was kind of pulling out where like as he would write other things, he'd be like, oh, cool. If I read this other thing, I would get it. Yeah. But it was actually other authors who existed around that time. There's like seven or eight different guys who Lovecraft worked with and they all kind of borrowed each other's ideas, almost as kind of oh, like a cross-promotion thing. Okay. Um, including... Um, I think is uh, Robert E. Howard. I think it is the creator of Conan the Barbarian. Oh, yeah, he created the character Conan the Barbarian, and in the early, they're super, early ones, they're like they're, they're like word for hire um, inklings, right? <laughs> yes. It's like a, a less glamorous inkling, but only right. because they're not British, exactly, because uh, they too were sitting around getting drunk and and helping each other with their works, right? Because that's what you did back then, right? Is right. you would go, you would get drunk with that's your friends, what, and you know, that I think is still happening. I, it still uh, is happening, I'm sure. Not <laughs> yes. so much with, well, maybe with authors too. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Who you knows? Know? 
But, anyway, yeah. yeah. So okay, so Ron uh, Ron Howard. Yeah. So Ron Howard. So Ron Howard, who the, wrote Conan the Barbarian. Yes. Uh, and, and was uh, Conan O'Brien's dad. Yeah. Well, anyway. you know, Andy Griffith, you know, was only paying so many bills, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, Robert E. Howard. So in the very early, I guess, stages of like the Conan the Barbarian stories, there's Cthulhu mythos elements in that as well. Okay. But, but then Lovecraft took characters from like these guys' stuff and included in his stuff as well. It was just this like cross promotion thing okay. with their friends. But because of that, that's what kind of created a lot of the mythos was other authors who were like, oh, we're going to take what this guy did and we're going to kind of... Because you know. it, it had been sort of sanctioned. Right. So um, that's interesting. Sort of, it it was a... Not it wasn't fan fiction to it was it was more and not that fan fiction isn't sanctioned at this point, sure. but initially it was not. Right. And um and I and I know that authors of very popular stuff can't read fan fiction because they don't wanna uh, end up stealing stuff. Right. So um instead they just love that it exists, is what right. I'm told. Absolutely. And uh but um the that that's so interesting. So then so he dies, and mm-hmm. they all die, right? Right, they all, all die. All, all the all the sword and sorcery uh, writers, yeah, uh, fall over in a heap, and then other people pick up the mantle. Yeah, and and it's interesting that there are certain so so one of the themes that you'll find in a lot of Lovecraft stories is um, the. Kind of the hopelessness of humans, where there's these this great well, just in the, the sense Who's that like inviting these people to the house, no one, nobody is. Okay. That's why they all had to be friends with each other, <laughs> exactly. you know, because they're like, well, we're not guys. Yeah, the part <laughs> at, at the big parties, they were off in their own circle of <laughs> exactly. seven, you know. Um, so there's there's just that kind of thing where it's like there's greater beings out there, mm-hmm. things that don't even acknowledge that human beings are even, like like we're like ants. To, to these them. others creatures yeah and so that's like a big common theme and the fact that humans can't they can't rationalize like they can't imagine anything at that extreme so that's where the insanity comes into play where it's like ah. it's something that our minds can't oh it's handle. too big right and so it, we we go mad right when when we are faced with uh, these godlike creatures right right right. and what do the godlike creatures think about it do they think about it at all they, they don't really acknowledge it at all like like even in like call of cthulhu like uh there's so often things that that come up where there's no interaction usually between the, right. the gods and the human. Like it's just like we because with Cthulhu, the the origin of Cthulhu, which I think came out a lot later, yeah, was but it was retcon. Was, it was retcon. Yes. Yeah, yeah, um, which stands for uh, uh, retroactively. Uh, Con- continuity con- uh, continuity continuity yeah <laughs> jammed yeah. into the plot yes uh, okay uh, yeah um they you know like donald blake you know they retconned you know okay. these things uh where they said that like cthulhu before people even existed on earth cthulhu came to earth and like was trying to conquer you know what what was the world and the other, because all these aliens are fighting with each other, right? So they all fight each other, and I guess Cthulhu's like sent into this like slumber underneath the water. Oh, okay. And then, so he has been banished to Earth by by the space people, right? Uh, and they're like, "Why don't you think about what you did?" Right, exactly. Okay, you're on timeout. You go to this big rock, <laughs> full and of you and sleep. it's full of ants, right? Uh, that that uh, won't even matter, right? And uh, and what a what a great thing though! Like go over there and you just sleep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's such a good thing, but for Cthulhu, not so great. And <laughs> wow, right. thus speaks a guy who obviously needs a nap. Yes. Um, Brian. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of things cut into my sitting around time. Exactly. Um, ah, that old. Yes. But <laughs> so um, so okay, so he's been banished here, and so yeah. the call of Cthulhu is some is some uh, banana head mm-hmm. who's accidentally awakened. Right. He's like gone into his room and wasn't quiet enough and Cthulhu wakes up and is pissed <laughs> off. But that's the other thing too is that like, you know, you would think like the story we could do like, oh, he wakes up. Does he go and just like destroy the rest of the world? And But that's something you don't get. It's literally like this guy encounters Cthulhu. This guy goes insane and that's kind of the end of the story. Right. Cause, uh, because much like uh, the Pantheon and the gods, mm-hmm. uh, humans are only interested in themselves. Right. So uh, the story is all about – Oh, you saw a thing that drove you nuts. And then mm-hmm. what did you do to the other people around you? Is that right. what the story is? Uh, essentially. Or it just kind of ends with this guy going insane. Like sometimes there's no resolution to like, you know, oh. you're, you're left thinking like, well, what happened? You know, what happened to this guy? <laughs> or or like in this case in Call of Cthulhu, it's like, okay, he's awake. Does he now go and attack civilization? You know, right. Like, you don't know. You okay. don't know what happens. You, it, he keeps you thinking. Uh-huh. Um, but there are like other stories 
where and, and another common theme too with with the Cthulhu or with the Cthulhu mythos, the H.P. Lovecraft stories, is that the narrator, the character who's because it's a lot of his stories are not usually from an omniscient perspective. It's usually like a first person, like oh, like, oh I'm I'm the person who's describing what's going on, right. and, and I and usually that person's the one who goes insane, right? But they give very little description of who that person is. They don't say oh. like he does. Like a lot of times, the character he doesn't, doesn't look in the mirror at all, right? Or, right. or or if he does, he doesn't describe <laughs> what he's like. Like there's another one, another good one that I would recommend. That's a little or rather is not as slow yeah. is like uh, a story called shadows over Innsmouth. Okay. And so in this I've heard one, of that one too. Yeah. yeah. That like call it Cthulhu shadows over Innsmouth, um, the Dunwich horror, okay. uh, uh, the King in yellow. There's like some that are like, these are kind of like the big ones that are, right. you know, more popular. And, among right. The and are referenced in Canon, no doubt right. more than anything else. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so like shadows over Innsmouth, the the narrator because mm-hmm. this is a, a a great example of one where it's like here's the narrator the narrator is the first person perspective and it's really all follows around him but you never really get an idea of what he looks like right. who he is all you know is that this guy is I think if I'm if I'm getting it right you know these hundred year old stories you know sometimes yeah. they you know, oh yeah yeah and you know. and 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 you've you've read them and then you've been co opted into telling the next story too to some extent right. right. Right, right, I mean, because right. I know there's uh, one of uh, a good friend of Annie's, a guy mm-hmm. named Aaron Vanek, uh, mm-hmm. runs a lot of LARPs and yes. live action role playing games. Yeah. And he's been doing uh, Cthulhu movies, I mean, um, HP Lovecraft movies yeah, yeah. for decades. And yeah. he also has done a lot of uh, Lovecraftian LARPing. Yes. So there's, I mean, everyone's constantly adding to the. Right. To the canon. Who's right. keeping track? Anybody, anyone well, keep a track or is it just whatever? Well, a lot of it's open domain. Like, okay. all, like almost all the stories. So like if you, um, cause like there's a, a role playing game called oh, Call right. of Cthulhu, which, which I. Tabletop dice. T- tabletop dice. Pen and paper. Yeah, pen and paper. Not so much with models. Okay. Like, cause it's very abstract. It's not as much of like an, obje- like there's not really as the many. The models would drive you mad. Right. <laughs> right. That's the, the tagline for the, for this episode. Um. Uh, uh, sure. Or if they decide to make Call of Cthulhu, uh, right. Call of Cthulhu models, um, Chaosium is uh, the the company that prints Chaosium. Chaosium. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, uh, no, they're they're winning at, at this yeah, point. Yeah, that's um, a, that's a good one. But they are doing. Um, they print the Call of Cthulhu role playing game. Okay, and and there are other. Um, and there are did, other variations. They, and they don't have to do anything with the estate or there is no estate because H.P. Lovecraft died alone. Yes. Poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Born alone because right. he was mad. Right. He was writing these boring stories and <laughs> the <this> super racist, <laughs> uh, you know, xenophobic guy. Uh, yeah. Well, I, he felt, you know, the stuff that I've read of his, he feels yeah. like a real solo dude. Yes. And um, so he may not. But it's interesting. And so now it's all in the public domain. To so, my understanding, yeah. So Call of Cthulhu, the board game is possible mm-hmm. because there's nothing right. to prove. Right. Okay. And and for me, what, what got me into um, the Cthulhu mythos and H.P. Lovecraft in, at all was the board games. The, there are oh, board you games came that, from the other side. I came from the other side where I was – so uh, many years ago, um, I knew somebody who – he brought out this game called Arkham Horror. And okay. uh, if, uh, if Batman, you're not familiar – right? No, so Arkham Asylum yeah. that's in Batman is actually taken from Arkham from H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. Because the town, the the fictional town of Arkham, Massachusetts, uh, it was one of the main things of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. It was a, okay. a primary setting. Oh, I did not and, know that. Yeah, and Batman had used Arkham as a part of that. Oh, uh, that's later cool. On. But so Arkham Horror was um, a board game uh, created by Fantasy Flight. Okay. And. Uh, what was so interesting to me, especially coming from the back end of it, is that this game, you are trying to defeat this elder god. You're trying to, like, there's little portals that open up in your town. And sure. you're trying to seal the portal, you know, as you do. You know, you're trying to seal the portals. and uh, Caulking gun. Right, exactly. And it's all, like, old-timey. You know, it all takes place, like, in the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And there were characters. You get like different character sheets, and and the characters are already created. It's not okay. like a, it's not in this sense. It's not a, like a role playing game where you create your own character. This oh, one, there's like characters you choose from, right? That you, okay. But they would be like here's uh, Marie Lambeau, the the lounge singer, or, oh, okay. or Michael McGlenn, the gangster. You know, like so they had all. These, so for me, I'm seeing all these characters, and I'm like, oh, these are based on books. So if I read these stories, it has these characters in them. Okay. And I was wrong. You liked? Oh, really? Right. Yeah. I, like because I was like, oh, cool. You know, I, I like these like. Here's my point I like of reference, this game. right? And it's like, oh, if I go back, I can read maybe the story. And it's like, no, the Fantasy Flight <laughs> made up these characters because they could, because they can. What? Yeah. Uh, what is the? Um, 
I have played. No, the crazy thing about this is, mm. and not no nobody's surprised to find mm. out that I've forgotten. Mm. Uh, I have played Arkham Horde. Okay, and uh, it was, I believe, pretty spooky. It it is. Uh, uh, there is some yeah. tension. Yes. Uh, in the game Arkham Horror. <laughs> there is, and and I know you've told me on uh, different occasions that you're not all about the scary. I don't enjoy tension. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm. We're all living day right. to day, and right. it's, we're in a bath of tension. Yeah. I would like to know how it's all going to work out. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I've I've been told if it's like apples to apples or something, you're there. You're I am the first one there. Completely there. Yeah. Bring your own book. I'm right. doing it. Yes. It's uh, but the thing is, is I have re- like there's that white zombie, uh, white winter winter the winter zombie. Um, it's a board game. Yeah, it's a board oh, game. Dead of Winter. That's it. Yes, There's Dead of Winter. Dead of Winter. Yeah, you're in, and that has a great deal of tension. Yes, because you're trying to get from room to room to room, or right. or through the woods to somewhere safe where there's more food. Right. And uh, and one of the people in the game might potentially be the traitor sabotaging right. the group. I have no. It, I. It's very hard to get me to play a traitor yeah. game. <laughs> yes. Where there's you know. Um, Though I did enjoy that werewolf game one time, which I yes. think we played as Mafia. Yeah. Or we played, I think we played, I don't know. Whatever, yep. everybody closes their eyes. Right. So, um, yeah, the no, werewolf is good. A lot of people are really into Secret Hitler, which is right, kind of right. the same thing. And I always say, I'm like, of all the games where you masquerade as Hitler, that's the most popular. That's the most you know? fun game. Yeah, that's the most fun one. <laughs> and, but, but my under, like, um, but they're big party games. You know, usually yeah. that's when you're playing like eight to 16. Right. You, you know, need a, a bunch of, of a game for a lot of people. Now, right. Arkham Horror is only probably four or five people, right? Well, Arkham... So there's different Arkham games. The Arkham Horror line of games actually has about five or six different games in the series. Okay. Arkham Horror, I think, is one where you can play with eight. And and all these games are cooperative, too, which... um, Except for the Traitor. Except for the Traitor. But this one doesn't have a Traitor element. So, like, Dead of Winter has has the Traitor, but none of the Arkham games do. Oh, that's great. Um, Yeah, which is really good. And... And I so you co- can go mad in it if I remember you, correctly. You definitely can. Yes, all the Arkham Isn't games do a, have the same thing where there's that, sanity and stamina. Right, there's like a, health a and madness. meter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and if you go insane, you know, depending on the game, there's one of the game's uh, Mansions of Madness, mm-hmm. which um, do, do you guys ever play um, Descent? Where it's like he, it's almost like a D and D style, but it's like a board game version of it. Where I think we have it. Okay. I, I don't know that I've played it. Well, so. Mansions of Madness kind of plays in a similar way. Where um, and there's an app that you can play with it now because oh, there's always nice. an app. There's always an app. There, um, now there's the new app thing. Right. So with this one, Mansions of Madness, also very tense. All of them are pretty tense. Um, it'll say, "Here's the story. Here's what's going on, and here's your characters." And you start out. The app will tell you, like, here's a tile. Here's a tile of the house that you start on. And then it'll tell you, like, you can go through this door. And as you go through the door, the app will say, like, well, these are the tiles that are now here. And oh, they, and you add to the – I right. just played one. Just yep. It was a Lord of the Rings one yep. that they, has an app that tells yep. you what happens and if there's more orcs sitting over in that right. the woods that you just walked into. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Because there's always more orcs. There's always more there's orcs. There's always more orcs. They're um, like rabbits. Right. And exactly. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's Saruman. He's, he's cracking, the, cranking them out. Either that or the love story of orcs. The thing right. that has never been written. Right. See, that's uh, the romance novel that needs to get the, written. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that actually is very funny. Yeah. Uh, um, but um, – and what's cool about this, too, I, I think all these app games are probably the same, but I know with the Mansions of Madness, the app will randomize. Like, yeah. if you play the same scenario over and over again, it'll try and give you, like, different rooms or different things yeah. that you set up in. Um, but all very tense, all kind of with the same, like, here's this thing that's – some bad thing is happening, and you need to resolve it in some way. Right. And, and, and with Mansions of Madness, and uh, now they have the Arkham Horror card game. It's what a part of the Living Card Game series. Okay. Where, where, so you know how like you have a game like Magic the Gathering, yes. where it's collectible cards. You mm-hmm. buy packs, and it's random cards, and, and you burn your money, and, yeah. and, you know, and maybe the <laughs> – And then the, you get that rare. Right, maybe the pack gods will give you something good if you sacrifice <laughs> enough money. Um, with living card games, they're not like that. With that, you buy the box; it gives you every card, all the cards that you need. Oh, right. Yeah, it's it's it the could still be a deck builder game, right? But it's not. You have all the cards, correct? Yeah, there's no collectability it, it, to right. it, right? And if they have an expansion, you get all those cards, right? Okay. Right. So, so with that, so they have the Arkham Horror version where it's just the card game, and you build your own. So this is the cool part about it, though. With living card games, is it's cooperative. You build your own deck, and okay. you're like, "This is my investigator." And every turn, we have like our hand of cards, and it's like, "I'm going to play this weapon so I can go and fight this monster, or I'm going to play this card to help you know get through this." Right, scenario. right. It's a very, very cool. All, all the Arkham Files games are all really cool. They're all related to where the same characters are in all of them. 
Oh, so, is, is the gangster and the lounge yeah, singer in all yeah, of them? They're all in all. I mean, as expansions come out, they'll add more and more characters. Right. But, but they're um, they're all in it. So if you're like, I love playing this character in Arkham Horror, yeah. that character then exists in the card game and in, and in uh, oh, Elder Tor and all that stuff. So there's, there's I think, because there's Arkham Horror, which is the town of Arkham you mm-hmm. explore. There's Eldritch Horror, mm-hmm. which is you explore the world. So you're going like continent to continent. And, oh, okay. And you know like that. Like a risk kind of thing? But, kind of. But in the way that there's a map. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes, Not that yes. there's armies. Right. You're looking at like the map and there will be like locations. Same thing where like portals open, but in the continents and you're going to resolve those issues. Because uh, the uh, the Cthulhu mythos never stops. It's uh, always no, no. Going that is and, a non. That yeah. is a that 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 just keeps going. Yep. And there are. Did he create? Did the f- original seven mm-hmm. create other gods besides Cthulhu? Um, there are gods that are created um, by other writers that are a part of the mythos. So, like um, I mentioned, the King in Yellow. Yeah. King in Yellow is a really popular story that's not written by H.P. Lovecraft. It's written by. John John W. Chambers, something W. Chambers, okay. uh, Chambers. Um, but uh, he writes the King in Yellow, and so the King in Yellow is interesting because it's if you if you audio if you listen because I listened to an audio, it was yeah. like five hours long. Oh wow! So a short but, story that was five hours long. Well, that's the thing. It's it's like vignettes, so it's okay. like a lot of different short stories together. But what's interesting about it is that so the King in Yellow is this play. That apparently, if you watch the play, you go insane. Okay. So that you know, it, more insanity. Right. The and, ring. Right. Or something. Or, exactly. Yeah. And there's constant mentions of um, Carcosa, which is like the other dimension that takes place in the King in Yellow. Okay. And this elder god named Hastur. Okay. So Hastur is the King H-A-S-T-U-R? in Yellow. H a s t u r. H a s t u r. Hastur. He has been referred to in other things that yes. I have read. Yes. And he. Um, I think mostly comic books. But probably and maybe Conan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's all related. It's all connected. Yeah. You know? um, but uh, the seven degrees of insanity. Um, but so Hastur and King and yeah, So people will come to me too, like uh, True Detective. There's a show, True Detective. Okay. And uh, something you and I have in common. Uh, I don't watch stuff. Uh, okay. You know, people, you know, people, uh, people are like, oh, are you watching this thing? I'm like, sure, I'm not. Sure, yeah, I'm sure. not. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's incredibly well yeah, done. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll catch something. But right. I'm a bit, I'm a big rerun person. You know, right. I'll just put stuff. I'm a big background person. Background you know? television yeah. is nice. Yeah. Just like I, I'm on my phone. Network, I'm on my computer. Travel network. Right. Even the Weather Channel. Yeah. Uh, and Hostor pops up so infrequently on those three channels. <laughs> You know, right. unless unless uh, the great British Bake Off decides to do like an H.P. Lovecraft theme <laughs> episode, right? You know? I'm gonna right, and sometimes the great the British Bake Off will have a nerd baker who oh, that's will want to build a Cthulhu cake. Yeah, yeah. Or, or um, with, with it being British, I'm sure there's a lot of like Hogwarts, you know, oh, castle yeah. cakes. Possibly, you, know? you I'm don't sure know. There is. It I, could happen. Yeah, but again, not watching it. So still you know. not watching. <laughs> still it. not watching it. Um, <laughs> but um, so King in Yellow, it's it's like three or. I, it's like, I don't know, like three to five different stories. But what's interesting about it is that, so The King in Yellow is this play that drives people insane. The vignettes are not actually revolved around The King in Yellow at all, but they come up like just kind of matter-of-factly mentioned in the like vignettes. Like some sort of adjacent? Right, right. Like, just like, oh, you remember Jim? Yeah. He, he went and saw The King in Yellow. Anyway, did you yeah. want to get lunch? Right. That's almost exactly what happens in one of them, where it's literally like, like, oh, yeah, uh, so all these different things are going on. And at some point, I went out and checked out The King in Yellow, and... Uh, by the end of it, I'm insane, and it was just uh, bad, bad on me. I shouldn't have gone <laughs> and seen it. I don't know which friend took me to see it, but right. I'm insane now. So, and, someone uh, defined insanity. They were like, "There's a difference between crazy and insane." Because mm-hmm. crazy, you can't exist in the world. Right. You've uh, you've 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 cashed in your chips. Yeah. Insane just means that you're not all there. So yeah. Parts of you are still there. Right. Right. Much like a sanity meter right. in that game. Yes. It's like you have a pie. You've cut it into eight pieces. Yep. If someone takes a piece of pie, you right. still have most of a pie. Right. You're mostly sane. Right. But part of you is insane. Right. It, it's definitely that, especially in a cooperative game setting where it's like, well, maybe we just trust this guy a little less. Like that's, you know, <laughs> kind of the measurement at that point. Right, right. Um, and I they, like in that because you're supposed to role play that too. When, when, as you, right, as you go more insane in those board games, you're supposed to take that into account when you look at your cards or right, when you right, play right. your turn. Yeah, and that is one thing that they don't represent super well in a lot of them. In um, 
in Mansions of Madness, it's the, uh, represented the best because if you lose all of your sanity in Mansions of Madness, you will gain the insanity card where you're still in the game, but yeah. it'll say like, your mission now is to burn down the house. <laughs> Like, you are a pyromaniac now, or you're a kleptomaniac. If you end your turn in a space with another player, you might steal something from that person. Wow. You know, or, like, it's the most represented in, in most yeah. of the other games, sanity you is have- just a second, like, you know, resource where it's like, oh, I'm out of it now, so, like, I'm back at the start or something like that. Oh, right, right. Yeah. So, Mansion of the Madness is one of the ones that's kind of the best. That encourages some actual kind of role playing. Right, right, right. Which is super fun. It makes yeah. it more fun. Yeah. yeah. So... Call of Cthulhu, the role-playing game, is great because there's a you know in the role-playing setting, obviously that's going to be the most where you get the actual story and the players get to develop their own characters. So, okay. so what I've done, I have a group I play with where okay. I'm the I'm the dungeon master. Of oh, you're that the group. GM. Of I'm that the one? GM. The, okay. the lore keeper actually is what they call it in <laughs> oh, the rulebook. Yes. yes, they have a different name. It's all open domain. Lorekeeper. Okay. Uh, I still say DM because that's just or GM where, or whatever. You know, that's yeah. that's what I where I come from. I come from a Dungeons and Dragons background. Uh, Brian Jacobitz uh, comes from a Dungeons and Dragons background. You exactly. Guys. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of people saying that in the world, but here on the Dork Forest, right. It comes up. My ad. My ad. My ad. I'm about to do an ad. Rangers, it's me, Jackie Cation, talking to you about a great deodorant. That's right. You remember Native Deodorant. NativeDeodorant.com, and you use the promo code FOREST this time. Not dork, but FOREST. Live by a code, you guys. You get 20% off your first purchase. The great thing about Native Deodorant is that it's formulated without aluminum. I hate aluminum in deodorant. I really do. It's been linked to things, and they don't make it with aluminum, so I'm psyched about it. It's filled with ingredients found in nature, such as coconut oil, which is antimicrobial. Shea butter, which is a moisturizer and an emollient, and tapioca starch, which absorbs wetness. There's no animal testing. There's free shipping and returns in the United States. You should know that they have over 8,000 five-star reviews. Check us out. They were on The Tonight Show, Elle Magazine, Pop Sugar, Refinery29, and The Dork Forest. That's right. Less is more with Native. They have fewer, simpler ingredients, so you know everything that's in their deodorant. It's worth it. I got the lavender and rose, and it smells good, and it works. It is a deodorant and a bit of an antiperspirant, which I enjoy. The classic deodorant scents include coconut and vanilla, their most popular scent, lavender and rose. I got that. Cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. Go to nativedeodorant.com and use the promo code FOREST during checkout and get 20% off your first purchase. All right, let's get back into the show. Let me just tell people that uh, it is Brian. Uh, I spelled it brain. That's not how you spell it. No. Nope. Uh, Brian uh, Jacobvitz. Yes, J- Jacobovitz. Jacobovitz is Jacobovitz. Uh, would help, yeah. uh, but I keep wanting to say the word Jacob. Yes, uh, Jacobovitz. Yeah, and uh, and it's just your name it's on Twitter name. and everything on uh, all the socials on all the socials, which yep. is J A C O B O V I T Z. Yes, and Brian with an I, and Brian with an I, not yes. a Y. Yes, and you uh, uh, host a show. Uh, every month, the first Saturday? Yes, the first Saturday of every month. At Paper Heroes, which happens to be a board game store. Yes. Uh, here in the Van Nuys Valley Village, Sherman Oaks area. Yes. So uh, people go to that too, because it's actually really nice. And there's a really nice diner right next door. Yes, there is. Nat's Early Bite. Yes. So uh, they, they, they don't want, by the way, Early Bite. They, yes. They don't want your dinner service. They, they close at two. They do not. Yes, they they close early. And uh, I, I recommend their breakfast. I, yeah. I've had the lunch. Breakfast is better. The breakfast is better. Yes. Uh, Magnolia Grill, the lunch is better. Yes. Um, weirdly enough, the breakfast burrito is actually really good at Magnolia Grill. Wow, I've digressed. Yes. Let's get back into it. Well, I'm also really into food. If I come back again, we'll do food. <laughs> we'll do food that time. Yeah, we'll yeah, do yeah. another food. Um, so in Call, so I, I DM a Call of Cthulhu group, and what I did with this group is the character or the, the players all develop their own characters. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm going to create a twist for all of your characters, something that you as a player don't know about your character. You're the best GM ever. Right. Yay. Yeah. So I will <laughs> you give put you the work in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing about that game. It, so I've never DM like Dungeons and Dragons. I play in many groups, you know, oh, over the years, the but one. I've never been the DM. Um, but when I first started DMing Call of Cthulhu, people would tell me they're like, Oh, that's really ambitious. That's one of like the harder, like uh, role playing games to DM oh. because the way that the the book is set up is they're like here's 
you know, NPCs, non-player characters, you know, here's these people that, you know, you might interact with. Here's the setting. Here's what's happened. Now you fill in the rest. You know, with D&D modules, typically it'll lay out where it's like, here's the history of what's going on. Like, it'll give you almost too much. Right. There's too much information about everything to where it's like, you can skip over all this if you want to, but here it is if you need it. Right. Right. Call of Cthulhu is the opposite where it's like, here's like this. Right. Here's like, here's this one thing. There will, there will be an adventure where it's like, here's five pages of the adventure. Here's like what's happening. And now it's up to you to kind of fill in the rest. So as a DM, especially if you want to be a storyteller, it's one of the better ones to DM. Okay. So with this one, but I added the twist to it. The twist is not normally a part of the game mechanics, but I wanted to add it. You wanted to add, is is this sort of like, um, is the twist... Uh, specific to each character yes like sort of there's the, here's your secret right here, here's your object here's your problem right but what's okay. fun about it is that the player themselves doesn't know what their own twist is oh weird. but the other two players know what their twist is so like everyone's in on like the secret for each other okay so one of the characters um they they might not listen to the podcast so it might not be a big spoiler for them or spoiler for them and one of them died they already know what their spoiler was or what their <laughs> twist was um my friend created a character where he was – he's like, I'm going to be an author. It was, it was uh, a woman author who – and that was kind of her tie to the Cthulhu mythos because there's a lot of parallels with like, I'm a writer, I'm an artist, I have visions, all that type right, of stuff right. because that's just how it works. And he's like, I'm, I'm this woman. I'm this like socialite woman that invites all these people to my house, all this stuff, and, and men constantly are, are you know, hitting on me. But she, she was, she's married to this man and the man okay. was really jealous and leaves her and all this stuff. So the twist for his character mm-hmm. was that he is actually the husband who is so grief-stricken that he believes that he is his wife. Oh, interesting. Right. So that was the twist to his character. So he was a was actually a man, the husband, he was a man right. who believed that he was his wife and thought he was a woman and Because and he that. lost his wife right. in some tragic tragic way. Right. Super so, tragic, but he right. went mad. Right. And then he thought that he was his own wife. Right, exactly. And so as the socialite crazy lady that right. he thinks he is, right. is he still in, is, are they still inviting people to the house? Well, the, the, at this point, his character is kind of roped into the investigation part of it oh, where right. it's like, okay, well now, now they're you're on an adventure. Now you're on the adventure. Okay. But it's great because the other two players right. realize that this is a man. Right. So, but it's great. So he, but the, the player doesn't know. Right. He's, he believes that, oh, I'm the female author that I created. So we would be doing adventures where he's like, oh, I'm going to go and try and use my sex appeal to get yeah. past. And, and, we'd be, and so things would happen. And of course it wouldn't work, work. super well or certain characters. It also takes place in like the thirties. Right. So there are certain characters where it's like, they are very apprehensive to interact with this person right. because that's uncomfortable for them, you know, so, or, or, or things like that. It's, it's a, it's, it was a, it was a very black and white gender world back then, it except for where it wasn't right on the sly. Exactly. And so, uh, so, so they would sometimes in this world meet those uh, people who were living on the sly, I bet. Right. And then, uh, and then, uh, that that character would get with exactly what they wanted because exactly. it all worked out. Right, exactly. Okay, but but that character ended up dying as you do in Call of Cthulhu. Uh, you either die <laughs> or go insane. Um, and that is do one you? Of, right. Well, yeah. that is one of the things about Call of Cthulhu is they'll say like at the beginning like, you many? might want to make like two or three characters because you might like get killed because it's real world stuff. So if you get like in a gunfight and you get shot, yeah, especially like in the 30s where like you might just die right there. You know, right? Because nobody uh, like so. Talk to me about the actual mechanics of the Call of Cthulhu. So, so, so when you build a character, yeah. it's it's similar in D anD D where you have like your attributes, you have um, like your strength and like charisma your, your charisma and all that stuff. Intelligence they, and yeah, stuff like they, that. They have different things um, that are a little different. Like in in this one, they have like appearance instead okay. of like charisma. Okay. They have like credit rating, which is based on like how much wealth you have. <laughs> There's um, there is like a <laughs> that's kind of yeah uh, horribly funny. right right yeah. Um, it's uh, there's a uh, willpower, which is also in um, in D and D as well. But in willpower, in this, it, it has to do with like your sanity, and has to right. do with if you do come across like magic in mm-hmm. this world, you know that also is a part of it too. But there's always that joke where it's like, okay, you're in Call of Cthulhu, you walk into a room and you see a book. What do you do? Like I close the door and I burn down the building. <laughs> like, like I'm not gonna. 
And it's funny playing with people who come from a D&D background, because typically when you are wired to play D&D, mm-hmm. when you play Call of Cthulhu, you hear something like, oh, they mentioned it, I must go interact with it, or I must go touch it, I must go fight it, whatever it is. Oh, that's like, a and d thing. Well, that's a and d thing. But in Call of Cthulhu, it's like, no, maybe I'm mentioning it to you, so you stay away from it. So you run in the other direction. Right, right. So what... So if, if you're... That's a fascinating game, though, because yeah. how do you get to... Is is the point and purpose of the game to get out of the house? <laughs> it, it depends on the setting. So there's there's different scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, there, if you buy, um, they have like the player's handbook kind of thing yeah. where it has like adventures in it, and they have like their own modules and stuff for it too. But um, like an example of one of the scenarios that that I've done that's from one of the books, yeah, is the investigators are trying to find out what happened to these papers. The this this um, this university, one of the professors dies. Sure. He's be- because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. And he was um, <laughs> authenticating like some paperwork that came from like these old Arkham, Massachusetts witch trials. Okay. So, of course, because of the mythos, like we just think these are regular papers, but it ends up being like this is actually like witchcraft or whatever. And then right. this guy dies because he was. He, he read them out loud. He read them out loud or whatever. <laughs> you know, which in the Call of Cthulhu universe, don't read anything out loud. Don't read anything out if, loud. If at all, don't read. Don't <laughs> read anything. To, just close yeah. the door, burn down the house, um, and run. Um, but in this scenario, yes. um, they're trying to investigate this guy. Uh, like he dies and they're trying to figure out what happened to this paperwork because the paperwork's like really valuable. They're trying to get it to the, to the museum or people are like bidding on it, whatever it is. And at the same time, because of course this is how it happens. Yes. Is there are mobsters. There are Atlantic sitting mobsters who are after the professor who had died because he owed the mob, like their boss a whole bunch of money. And they think that this guy's faked his death to try and like, Get you know, out of get the out bill. Of the, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, of course, these guys are now an adversary to the party as well. Right. But they don't know that but, the papers are dangerous either. Right. right. right? And, and they don't even care about the papers. They're just like, we need to find this guy. We need oh, to okay. shake him down and get his money. We think that he's still alive and he's faking his death. So, of course, these are like muscle guys where like the party might get encountered and be like, okay, well, we're going to shake you down kind of thing. Right. And you're like, I'm a lounge singer. Right. It's like, yeah, I'm a, <laughs> I am I am a, a female author, sir. You know, or, or I will hit you with this umbrella. Right. Exactly. Anyway, so. Um, because that's how it works. It's yes. it's it's funny because like it 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 never seems to go that way. Because um, in uh, oh okay so anyway so um, with this scenario, what's also great about this scenario with Call of Cthulhu again going back to the whole how it's great for storytellers is mm-hmm. that they give you a list of NPCs mm-hmm. and they say you as the DM get to decide who the culprit is. You okay. get to decide who stole the papers or who has the papers. And here's a little blurb on like why it might be them. Okay. So as the as so the there's person, tiny little just a sentence of backstory for each of those characters. Right. That's kind of cool. But it's cool because if you run it over and over again, you could be like, oh, I changed who the culprit was. I right? made it where was this person who stole the papers? Yeah. yeah. Because of course, like they want the papers because the papers have power and, and all right. that stuff. And some people just um, want to start a fire. Right. Exactly. Uh, no. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, so so yeah so but that the, the scenario is basically like there's just a lot of different points where it's like you know you have to go and figure out what happened to these this paperwork and as right. you go and explore more. More and more, there's just adversaries. It's a, a, a percentile system. So, like in D and D, it's a D twenty. Yeah. Um, in this one, it's the two D tens, the percentage dice and the tens dice. Okay. And you have when you build your character, one of your attributes is education. Okay. And based on how many points you have, you put points into a whole bunch of different skills. And, right. And the skills, because it's real world, might just go into like, oh, this is a library use. This is my ability to like go Dewey through Decimal. papers. Right, exactly. Yeah. This is my ability to like research uh, research books. So interesting. And then um, and then you – and it's all about probability of success? Typically. Because it's percentages? Correct. Yeah. So so in this one, you, if you have like a 30% chance of, of doing this, you roll the percentile dice and you're trying to get a 30 or less. You're trying okay. to roll under the percentage. Okay. Um, and the way experience works, because like in D&D, you just go up in levels and then yeah. in the player's handbook, it'll be like, well, when you hit this level, you gain these skills or whatever right, it is. Right. You can get a feat. Right. Or you gain feats. Um, in... Um, in Call of Cthulhu, if you succeed at a skill check in your scenario, yeah. you put a check mark next to that skill, and at the end, you roll to try and enhance that skill. So the more you succeed with a skill, the better you get at, oh, at using it. That's so, it. so it's 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 really it has nice. more real world kind right. of vibe to it, right? And and for me, with like monsters, right? Exactly. <laughs> real world, also a little bit of monsters in there too. Um, but I like it. 
I mean, I, I love D&D as well, but with sure. D&D, you know, a lot of it kind of boils down to sometimes like, well, we have to fight and kill this thing. Like that's right. kind of, sometimes the adversary is like, well, we have to fight and just destroy what is in front of us. I was just playing a D&D game and mm-hmm. Andy introduced a red dragon into yep. the thing and the wrong person mm-hmm. had initiative. Yeah. And so that person uh, tried to hit it. Yes. And uh, if the other, if our cleric... Uh, had had initiative, mm-hmm. he would have talked to it. And right. that's what Andy, who is the DM, yes. uh, had planned for. Ah. Uh, he was like, who would try to fight a red dragon? It was right. a Colossus red dragon. Yeah. So he's like, I know that you guys are 17th, 18th level, right. but that's a red dragon. Right. And uh, we ended up killing the red dragon. Yeah. Uh, it took seven hours of gameplay. Yep. And, um, but the it was... But it's just a bit of a crapshoot, whoever right. gets initiative, because sometimes he does want you, you know, the DM does want you to try to talk to it. Sure. We were the Goblin King. Our right. cleric uh, was talking to the Goblin King, mm-hmm. kept rolling 20s. Yeah. It turns out the Goblin King owned him uh, a favor by the end yeah. of this uh, right. <laughs> this it's interaction. Like, you never know what will happen if you just talk to it. it exactly. You know? He might as well just try talking to him first. Right. And, uh, and then he takes a swipe. Eh, yeah. All right, you get a... Like, all right, well, we'll see. You could take one hit. Sure. Probably. Sure. I mean, so. as much as, you know, as much as role-playing goes into it, sometimes the, the D20 will just be against you and be like, well, we wanted to talk to him, and uh, he wasn't having any he of it. He wasn't having you any know? of it. He didn't want to do it. Um, and there are high fantasy um, role-playing games like D&D. Pathfinder mm-hmm. is oh, another right. one, which is like the 3.5 version of D&D. Right. I've, um, I've played Pathfinder. I've played yeah. 3.5, mm. Pathfinder, um, and 5th edition. Yes. And then um, I've played Champions, Okay. which is a, a, a tabletop. Uh, essentially, it seems to be an Excel, Excel spreadsheet that I okay. don't want to play. Oh, uh, yeah. The great thing about champions mm-hmm. is you get to roll like 30 dice at a time. Oh, that is pretty nice. That is fun. Yeah. That's good times. The more dice you get to roll, the more fun. Because then sure. you're like, I just hit you for 75 points. Right. And they're like, oh, well, he has yeah. 600. Yeah. And you're like, oh, well, I've made a dent. Right. And <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny, too, the way role playing works, where it's like, ooh, just bigger numbers. That's yeah. all I want. <laughs> I just want big numbers. Right. It's a, what uh, Jimmy Pardo calls mm. um, fantasy football, uh, yes. fantasy baseball. He calls it fantasy accounting. Right. And uh, which is kind of what it is. Absolutely. With a nice story told around it. So, have, so this is your first uh, time your game running the game yes. being the game master yeah um how long has this game been going on well the the way how that the meet well we we haven't uh, we've kind of been on a break from doing the scenarios just because you know like like the issue with all role-playing games it's always time co- uh, conflicts are always the biggest right. you, you, you know, gotta issue. figure out a time to all gather in one room right absolutely and but the way that the call of cthulhu is set up is that a lot of the scenarios are just kind of like one shots as yeah. opposed to like D&D where it's like a campaign. Right. You know. Oh, okay. Um, so they're, yeah. Yeah. So, so with this, it's, with this one, it's, it's more one shots. And, and I've done it because there's the experience system in it. It's, it's easy enough to tie the scenarios together if you need to. Cause it's like, well, you're an investigator and this now guy now, is, yeah, now you're doing this, you know, <laughs> now, you know, now you guys are officially the Ghostbusters and they yeah. <laughs> hired you to go over here. Right. Um, but, uh, so, but I've probably played with them on and off for maybe a year or two. Okay. You know? So it's still kind of new, or yeah, maybe a few years. And if you're doing Monster of the Week kind of, uh, right. um, of episodes, um, there, it is then episodic. Yes. So you, um, so you gather, there's uh, three other, three players and right. yourself. Right. And um, do you play for two or three hours? Do you play all day? Uh, typically, if we're going to play, it would probably be like maybe a you know three to five hour session. Right. You just because you you're not doing it that often. You might right, as well right, run right. the whole game on right. one day. Because right. I know like Brian Posehn will play D and D, but he'll play for an hour. Yeah. Once a week. Right. And you're like, well, how far do you get? And he's like, mm, about twelve feet. Right. And uh, so yeah, if you but if you play for three to five hours, sure. Um, you can you could actually have a big battle you can have uh way too much political talk for me oh absolutely and uh <laughs> yeah yeah no there's definitely um you know strategy as, as strategy but as as i'm sure you've seen too uh, a lot of overthinking sure know, a lot of like oh well they mentioned this and you know so now i don't want to go talk or or just people just deciding as a group like well what should we go do right you know? like Which, so there's a lot of that especially because with call i mean all the role-playing games are kind of similar in in the sense that 
you're usually given alternatives. You're usually right. given like different paths you can go down. With with Call of Cthulhu, I think it's just like because you're a regular person, it's like, well, if we commit to doing this, we're putting ourselves in, you know, a little bit more, you know, danger than maybe in D&D where it's like, well, if we go this way, we might have to fight, you know, 12 bandits. And right. that wasn't what we were supposed to do first. But we fought 12 bandits and we're alive and now we'll go right. kill this other thing. Which is, um, oh, I was, because I brought up Pathfinder, is yeah. that Pathfinder has like a Cthulhu book, like a module where it's like, oh, you can play as like Pathfinder characters in the Cthulhu universe. Oh, wow. The thing that I don't like about that, though, is that, you know, the Cthulhu universe is about, you know, being afraid. It's about the atmosphere, about being regular people. Right. So when you're playing high fantasy characters, if you're a wizard that can fireball dragons, yeah. then what what difference does it make if you fight Cthulhu? Right, right. right like, he's just a bigger dragon. Right. Yeah, he's just another big monster right. that you have to figure out how to disintegrate. Right. So it's, it's just one of those where it's like, oh, you could fight a dragon or you could fight a beholder. You could fight these other things. It's like, oh, well, like fighting Cthulhu, like there's nothing, you know, but scary it, about that. It, with Call of Cthulhu, there aren't any characters. There's no action figures. Or there's no. Um, they don't make like um, miniatures for, the, for miniatures that's for, the for the game. Like like with so um, there's no map. Correct. Yeah. Like for me, like like a lot of times in the book, they might say like if you if you're in this town, here's kind of like a like loose map of like what the town looks right, like. Right. But it's but it's back very to the future. Here's right, right, the right. town square. Exactly. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very abstract. It's very much like you know this is where you go. That like like I had one where um so I mentioned the the scenario where they were trying to find these pap- the, yeah. this paperwork. One of the options of one of the character or one of the character options that you could pick to be the culprit right. is one of the college students who is a Satanist. Okay. He's not in he doesn't really know much about the Cthulhu mythos, right. but he is a Satanist and he does express interest in these papers because of witchcraft. So okay. so he so but I didn't make him the bad guy in this. I mean, he's a Satanist, so I mean, I guess by default he's kind of a bad guy. But I didn't make him the the, the main. He could bad be guy, a good I Satanist. I guess we he don't could know. be a good. That's I, true. I'm sorry. Everything Satanists I've heard about listening. Satan yeah. has been pretty negative. Right, but right. Uh, that's yeah. true. I am I am um, being unfair to the Satanist community. <laughs> yeah, and, there's not uh, there's no two sides there. That's true. And, uh, that is true. So, uh, but yeah, the. Uh, this is a safe space. That this, was, uh, yeah, ve- that's, very much so. Yes. And it was created as a safe space in right. 2006 before that was really – it was a joke at the time. But yeah. now, Jesus Christ, be safe here. Yes. Anyway. Absolutely. <laughs> so, well, I feel very safe. Yes. Let's all hide in the, the dork forest yes, for just an hour, forest. you guys. Yeah, with all the other rangers and clerics. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. It would be perfect. It's yeah. a, I'm a social justice bard. Yes. And uh, so uh, – but what I would like to know – so if mm. there's no map – uh, and there's no no miniatures. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there essentially telling a story, asking people what their next moves are. Correct. And then you're like, well, I, it's sort of like more like a text video game when I was a kid, where mm-hmm. you type in, "I open the door." Right. Uh, that's what they say. I right. and then we open the door. Yes. And then you see a book. All right. right. What do you do there? You're right. like, I close the door and burn sure. the place down. Sure, sure, sure. Now, in in some. Um, scenarios or just in some cases, especially depending on the party you play with. If you play with most people who come from a D&D background, yeah. they're going to be a little bit more inclined to want a little bit more of an objective. They like, want to see the right. want to see the scenario. Right. So I have like, I've had times where people are like, okay, well, uh, you go into this speakeasy, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to this little like underbelly, you know, bar kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes be like, well, what does it look like? So I might take out like a piece of paper and be like, well, here's like the stool, here's people sitting like, like, so it's very like makeshift. Like I'm just kind of, you know, making it up as what? I go kind of thing, at least in terms which of, the setting, which you totally yeah. can. Yeah. Cause sometimes, you know, it'll be like, oh, like if somebody's like, well, I want to, you know, fight somebody. And that's the thing with like, don't just openly fight people. Cause remember, you're just regular people. Oh, you know, right. so somebody might pull a gun on you and just kill you. And it has nothing to do with the Cthulhu mythos, but it's just 1930s. There's gangsters. There's all these guys, right. crooked cops, all this stuff. Right. Might and just kill you. Might just kill you. And yeah. you uh, didn't put any enough things into Dodge. Right. Now, so if you're like, if you're a librarian, yes. th- those are good skills to have in a Cthulhu. Absolutely. Um, if you are, um, if you are an investigator, mm-hmm. you have other like like you have ties to the underworld. You can ask right. around that way, right? Sure, that's one of those skills. Sure, if you are a sexy lady, mm-hmm. uh, you can use your wiles. You got right. feminine wiles, right? And then uh, so everybody's got these different things. Sure, but you are in a dangerous world, right? What happens when all of those normal people meet a bon- Like, what if they meet the monster? They die typically. Oh really? Yeah. I've had I've had a scenario. So one of the 
there there are um, that's got to be hilarious you're like i'm gonna spend a lot of time I'm gonna create this character yes we're gonna play it for three and a half hours yep. i am going to be killed right and then i'm gonna go get a cheeto yes okay yeah sometimes i tell them like don't name your characters you'll get attached <laughs> no. um i've had so there was a scenario that so one of the the big um eldritch gods yeah. is this character named azathoth and okay. there are, there's always complex weird names for right. a lot of the gods cthulhu's one of the easier ones i guess but like well if, if you when you learn how to pronounce it because it's got a right. c and a th yep. and a u and an l and a u yep and you're like what cthulhu right where, where's the where's the e in right. the, between the c and the th right there isn't one but we made it work we know? did we, we made we, it work that's it yeah but um so azathoth is kind of the originator of the gods he's mm-hmm. like all the other gods are descended from him and azathoth is placed into an intentional unconsciousness okay because apparently if he is conscious everything else doesn't exist okay so that's like the backstory for his character right we have a scenario where this guy um he was a thief he was like a cat burglar okay and he steals of course the right? wrong thing oh he steals something that Opens up this portal right. because that's how it works, you know, because diamonds and cash the, right. you know, aren't good enough. Yeah. I have to steal like a dagger and a piece of paper or something and I hold them at the same time and I read something aloud. Right. And it opens a portal that's because it. of course it does. Of course it does. He opens it in his apartment building. The apartment <gasps> building gets all crazy, but so all these weird things happen. Property and values fall. Things, there's trouble. It's terrible. It's yeah. a terrible world that I don't recommend living in. Um <laughs> So the investigators, I don't remember even really the, the kind of intro to it, but it ends up with these investigators going into this uh, apartment building and they fight like the landlady comes out and she's all like crazy and stuff and they fight <laughs> her off and they make their way into this apartment building and the guy is there. He's holding this dagger. He's holding the paperwork. He has tried to like kill himself. He is, he's trying oh, to okay. commit suicide because he wants to die because he's like te- he's the tether of this portal. He oh, can't die. He because he's holding it open by right. holding those two items. Right. So so he's and, trying to cut his own hands off. Right. To make it to close it. Right. But of course he cannot. He cannot. So the investigators make their way into his apartment, and I even softball this one into that, mm-hmm. you know, for them because the way it's set up is you go in and there are two closed doors. I had the other one open. The like it was like literally softballing this to the yeah, adventures. Yeah. Where the guy's sitting, he's like laying on the ground. He's like, you can tell that he's all messed up. He's trying to die. He's crazy. And they can hear the, this music coming from the other room because the, um, Azathoth is kept in slumber by these like like musician god Sirene things. That, yeah, kind of things, type things okay. that keep him asleep. So that's the music they hear from this other room. Mm-hmm. And they walk in and they're like, okay, we see this guy and we want to open the other door. And I tell them, I'm like, the, uh, this guy, this guy who's holding this, he's pleading with you not to open the door. He is telling you, <laughs> do not open the door. He is begging you not to. They are. But your adventurers are like, what's by that door? Right. He's like, <laughs> he's like, well, they mentioned the door. So that must matter. <laughs> that must be important. So they uh, open the door. What are you, a war forge? Exactly. Exactly. They open the door and there's Azathoth. They see him, and I'm like, all right, well, roll a check for your sanity to see yeah. if you lose sanity. They roll. They fail. They lose D100 sanity. So an average person might have like 30-ish sanity. Yeah. They have to roll the percentile dice yeah. to go from 1 to 100, and they lose that much sanity for seeing this guy. Right. Just because they looked at him. Instantaneously. Yep. They all fail. They all go insane. But because of it being Cthulhu, it's like, well, you're insane, but you're not dead. You're, you're just no. insane. Right. So they burn down the apartment building right. because they believe like, okay, well, that's, you know, so they burn down. But because they do that, it kills the guy With and the it closes portal. the portal. So they inadvertently save the world yes. by killing, like they burn down the building. And do they burn down themselves with it? And they burn down it? themselves with it. Oh. And, and they save the world, but they all go insane. So, so that is like... <laughs> Something that happens. That's why they say, like, when you build, like, you might want to make like two or three characters at the beginning if you're going to play for like multiple sessions, right? Because like you might, you know, you might just the die. one character. You might save the world, but you'll right. die doing it. Yep. And you now you're die. done. Yep. So I hope you brought a book. Right. And like you uh, go over there and you read. You next time I tell you there's a book over there, don't touch it. <laughs> next time I next time somebody pleads to you not to open the. So if what they could have done is they could have. Uh, tried to get one of the items out of the guy's hands or they would have had to have killed him they they would have had to have killed him but right. the thing is is that like it was 
It's one of the, and this will sometimes happen with, with um, the scenarios. It's where my creativity really has to come into play where it's like, sometimes it's not really super obvious what they're supposed to do. Okay. So, and, and sometimes it'll happen in other role-playing games too. It really is kind of a DM thing where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm trying to put you in the right direction, but it's like, okay, this guy's holding these items in his hands. He's obviously tried to like cut his, he's, he's tried to kill himself with other means. Right. So what is he supposed to, like, what are we supposed to do? Mm-hmm. You know, so the fact that they went and opened the door, I mean, and also to this guy in their eyes is like, this guy might be insane. Like, what what's good? Well, like, how can we trust what he's saying? Right. You know, so that that comes into play, too. But it's part of the fun, you know, the, yeah. the, the because the um, experience of the game is not, um, and by experience, I mean, like, the experience, like, leveling kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because it's not like D&D – because, you know, if you're a D&D character and you've been leveling and playing a yeah. character for that long and then they die, yeah. there's a little bit more at stake because you feel oh like you God. put so much more into right. it. You're devastated to right. some extent. Yeah. Right. But when you're playing Call of Cthulhu and you're like, I played this uh, – you know, I was an actress and I did – and, and then my character died. It's like, okay, well, now I can, I can build this other character. And also, too, there's, um, there's a lot that has to do with um, – like a, a a big part of the fun is just the story, the background of your character, the right. story, all the stuff that goes into it. So sometimes when people die, they're like, "Oh, well, now I'm excited about like creating the story for someone's character, <laughs> or who's someone who's gone mad, right? Right? Because then you have to figure out, well, they're not dead. Yeah. What's the next thing that they do? Right. Because they have, they still have a task yeah. here, and do they know that they still have a task? Right, right, right. And I've had times too, usually with NPCs, where like a, a group will have NPCs that are with them. Mm-hmm. That is one of the things with Call of Cthulhu too that I, I always have to be careful with is that like the players are really inclined to be like, well, let's get the whole town involved. And it's like, well, you can't just bring the whole police force with you. You know, I'm not going to let you do that. Right, right. You know, but also, and that's another thing too with, with um, even if you look at like HP Lovecraft stories or mm-hmm. a lot of st- horror stories in general is you kind of have to have that you have to really suspend that disbelief of like, why didn't they just go to the cops? You know, right. like or who walks in alone? <laughs> right, right, right. So it's, sometimes it's you have to kind of you know take a little bit of that I you know, know there. But so that happens in the role playing setting too, where they're like, well, we want to bring the police with us, and so for me, it's then I have to come and be like, okay, well, these two cops will go with you because so you've brought someone to die. Right, Congratulations. exactly. And it usually goes that way. And that's it. Well, that's usually the way it goes. So if someone wants to play Call of Cthulhu, mm-hmm. they just have to buy one book. Yeah, they, they can buy um, – there's the uh, the Player's Handbook. There, yeah. There's – I think they call it the um, – or I think it's just called the Core Rule Book where it will have the information if you want to be – so like in D&D how you have like the Player's Guide and you have like the Dungeon Master's Guide. Yeah. Uh, Cthulhu just has it in one book. Okay. And then they have an Investigator's Guide, which is a little bit more of like what a Player's Handbook would be. Oh. So – I would recommend though the core rule book because yeah. then I mean it's better to have it and not need it I guess yeah. you know so you get all the lore keeper stuff and the stuff to play yeah um, but it gives you like the list of occupations that you can pick because that's that's one of the more game mechanic things about the game is like here's a list of different occupations and if you pick those occupations here are like the skills that you, you get um, with them. right you have proficiency in right you know like uh, stuff like that um, and there's a lot of open. Um, there's, there's, you know, so much uh, open territory that you can go with. There's a, a module for Call of Cthulhu that takes place in the Old West. So, oh, wow. So I had one of, the, one of my players, she came to me and she said, well, it's not one of the occupations in the book, but can I be like a madam? Yes. And I was like, yes, you absolutely can. <laughs> and it was great because she – and you also roll all of your stats. There's right. no like point buying system. Okay. So it's great because then you can kind of make up the backstory of your character based on your attributes. Like I had a friend who rolled – um, like a high constitution. Yeah. No, he rolled. He rolled a. Uh, he rolled like a high. I think he rolled like a high size, but a low constitution. So he was really big, but he didn't have a high constitution. So he had like asthma. Is like the way he wrote. <laughs> he was like, he was like, yeah, I'm like a big guy, but I'm like, I'm not able to like. I'm not you know, particularly athletic. Right. Yeah. Um, but so this, Dan Telfer. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I had a, another. Uh, Oh, so that, so she did a madam, which I was like, okay, well, you can just because in the West, like madams were a big part of like we, like Western, the, the day to day, yeah, uh, uh, according economy. to all the movies. Yes, yeah. she had um she had a brothel called the Watering Hole. Ah, uh, yeah, catchy title. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but um, but it was great because she, she rolled a really high size, so she was just this big woman. Yeah. Like, so I was like, oh yeah, you walk in and and there she is holding a guy up by his throat. You know, right, like, right. so it's just like it's just there's so much you know that that goes into it. Um, there are other, now I mentioned Chaosium, the old West one was through Chaosium, but there are right. other, other role-playing games that have Cthulhu in it. There's Octung Cthulhu, 
uh, where a Germany. It's Germany. It's basically the Third Reich is using like oh, Cthulhu mythos to like win the war. Right. 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 So they have like that. Is Octon Cthulhu? They have. Um, they have uh, like a Hellboy Pop- kind of BRD yeah. kind of yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so it's it's very much that. And then there's um, I think it's called like Pop Cthulhu is another. That one's a little bit more. Um, like high, fa- I guess not necessarily high fantasy, but more like here's models and here's like you fighting more. Okay. Often. It's a little more action based, which again, I, I like, I appreciate the storytelling side of Call yeah. of Cthulhu, which is why I picked that. Um, and uh, I'm also not a big history buff. So for me, like I always worry that I'm going to play with people that like, they know a lot about history. And so they're going to catch me on something, right? you know, <laughs> especially because, you know, when you're, when you're playing with other uh, nerdy people, you right. know, sometimes uh, they every, go on tangents. Uh, and, and it turns out that uh, dorks uh, have, we all have access to a lot of information a lot about, or as little information about a lot of different things. Right. And then there's a couple of things that we've taken a deep sink into yes. that uh, other people have not. But they're like, because I, I vaguely know what Schrodinger's cat is, right? Right, right, right. For example, yeah. I don't know a lot about it. Right. I know a little bit more than I did because I had to do a little research. Right. But I was like, I vaguely remember. Yeah. Anyway, Brian, we are at an hour. All right. This it, has been great. You were right. You you told me it was going to fly by, and you it, were you were it, absolutely it right. It is true. So it's a uh, Jacobovitz. Jacobovitz. Good yes, for you me. Got you got Jacobovitz. it. Jacobovitz. You yeah. just want to hit the cob. Yeah. Uh, Jacobovitz, and yeah. Uh, it's Brian Jacobovitz, and it's at Brian Jacobovitz, and um, you host a show once a month at Paper Heroes, yes. and people should follow you on Twitter and Instagram absolutely. and all the things, and they will know more things about it. Uh, thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you so much for having me. And R- Rangers, you know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we. You. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?